This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 165 of the Catholic Foodie, Chef John Besh and Around the Table Radio. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking about uh, Chef John Besh and Around the Table, right? Around the Table Radio. It's a food show that uh, airs on 690 a.m. in New Orleans and 1380 a.m. in uh, Baton Rouge. And uh, David Dawson, the president of Catholic Community Radio, and I, we co-host that show together. And just a couple of weeks ago, we had two excellent guests join us. The first, Monsignor Christopher Nolte, a priest here in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and also Chef John Besh. Very exciting. I'm glad you could be here. Let's talk about this some more right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, we're talking food down here, right? We're talking food down in uh, Louisiana and South Louisiana in particular, New Orleans, Baton Rouge area. And uh, it, it's just, we, there's so much culture here. There's so much uh, that of our lives that center around food. Or food, I should say, is really just a, 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 in the center of our lives. It really does, uh, uh, everything seems to happen around the table, right? And that's the thing. Good things happen around the table, whether that table is the table of the Eucharist, right, the altar at Mass, or whether we're talking about the family table at home. We gather around the table with our family for breakfast, lunch, and or dinner, right? <laughs> all that, uh, all that is, is very, very good. And, and it was awesome to have two guests on who, not I mean, they happen to know each other outside of uh, that, that radio interview. They happen to know each other anyway. Uh, but, but both of them really do stand for what we stand for here at the Catholic Foodie and also on Around the Table Radio, Around the Table Food Show. And uh, that is just how, how food and faith come together, uh, and it's really all about family. And so it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. If you don't know uh, Monsignor Christopher Nolte, he is a priest here in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. He's a pastor of Good Shepherd Parish, which was uh, formed back in October of 2008. And, you know, I think this is happening kind of across the country, but um, with, with uh, I guess, a, an aging clergy and not as many uh, active priests able to take care of so many different parishes, some parishes are having to be combined, right? And so uh, back in 2008, three parishes were combined here in New Orleans in this particular area. They're all very, very close. Keep in mind that in New Orleans, you've got churches just about on every corner, right? It's it's amazing. Uh, and that's because of the, the deep Catholic uh, heritage and influence we have here in South Louisiana and in New Orleans, I think, in particular. Uh, we had uh, St. Stephen Church, uh, St. Henry, and Our Lady of Good Counsel. Those three parishes were merged together, and uh, it's the actual main church, I guess, is St. Stephen's. Uh, but the, the parish itself is called Good Shepherd Parish. So he's pastor over there. Uh, Monsignor Nolte studied in Rome for about 10 years, right? He lived in Rome, uh, Italy, for about 10 years, and he loves to cook. He loves to cook, and from what I hear, he's really good at it. <laughs> Matter of fact, he was a classmate with uh, Father Leo Petalinghug of Grace Before Meals. And uh, Monsignor Nolte, actually, if you recall, I guess it was, what, uh, 2009? Uh, there was an, uh, a throwdown issued by Bobby Flay uh, against uh, Father Leo's. And so they had a competition there. Father Leo was on Food Network, you know, having been challenged by Bobby Flay to make steak fajitas. And... Uh, Monsignor Nolte was the sous chef. He's, he helped him out. He helped Father Leo out. So that's just uh, uh, an awesome thing to see, right? Good, 
good Catholic uh, exposure there on uh, Food Network. That's a lot of fun. Uh, so on this particular episode of The Catholic Foodie, what I want to do, because it was, it was a fantastic interview, it was a great show a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Monsignor Nalti and also with John Bashon. I want to play this for you in full. Uh, you know, on that show, uh, Monsignor Nalti shared with us his recipe for pasta with garlic and oil, which is kind of a classic dish. They are very simple, very, very simple, um, called, in Italy at least, in Italian, it's called uh, aglio e olio. So he shares that recipe with us. And then also Chef John Bash, of course, he's a, he's a local chef here in New Orleans, a restaurateur, a cookbook author, a husband, a father. He has a, a cooking show, a TV cooking show, and uh, he happens to be Catholic. So <laughs> that's pretty cool, too. You know, uh, this is from his website, by the way. If you don't know much about him, I figured I'd read a little bio to you. Uh, chef John Bash, uh, he's a chef and a native son dedicated to the culinary riches of uh, southern Louisiana. In his restaurants, entrepreneurial spirits, I mean, not spirits, pursuits, <laughs> and public activities, he preserves and promotes ingredients, techniques, and heritage, um, one mouth-watering dish at a time. From the outset of his career, Besh's talent and drive have earned him continual kudos, right? Food & Wine named him one of the top ten best uh, new chefs in America. Uh, he won the coveted James Beard Award for Best Chef uh, in the Southeast Region in 2006, his nine acclaimed restaurants, right, nine restaurants, uh, Restaurant August, Besh Steak, Luke, or uh, Luke, I believe is how you would really pronounce it, uh, Luke uh, San Antonio, La Provence, American Sector, Soda Shop, Dominica, and Bourne, right, each celebrate the bounty and traditions of the region in their own unique way. His flagship restaurant, August, is a um, Gayo Top 40 restaurant and a wine enthusiast top 100 restaurant. In addition to being nominated in 2012 and 2013 for the James Beard Outstanding Restaurant Award, Besh, the father of four, was featured on the cover of Parade magazine for Father's Day 2012 and is a frequent guest on NBC's Today Show. Besh's two cookbooks, My New Orleans and My Family Table, were each recognized with an IACP award, and his third cookbook is set to be published in the fall of 2013. He hosts two national public television cooking shows based on the books, right? Chef John Besh's New Orleans and Chef John Besh's Family Table, which debuted in April of 2013. Uh, the John Besh Foundation, founded in 2011, works to protect and preserve the culinary heritage and foodways of New Orleans via initiatives such as Chef's Move, Culinary School Scholarship and Micro Loans for Local Farmers. So this was uh, just a lot of fun, folks. I'm telling you, it was a lot of fun. It was great to have him on the phone. Uh, we had Monsignor Nalti in studio, and it was just so much fun. i got to share it with you now. So I'm going to go ahead and let this, uh, this, this um, I want to call it an episode, but it's not really an episode. It's, it's a radio show. <laughs> I'm going to let this particular edition of Around the Table Radio play for you right now. Please do enjoy. Welcome to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson. And I'm Jeff Young. And we are joined in studio today by a very special guest, uh, Monsignor Christopher Nulty. Welcome, uh, Monsignor. I was about to say father. That's all right. I'm good with that, too. <laughs> and uh, you're no stranger to food. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking with you about today, um, talking all about their, your adventures uh, 
we have a common friend, you and I, Father Leo Padalinghug. Oh, good, uh, yeah, good seminary classmate of mine from Rome, and uh, we still keep up. We get together every year. Our classmates get together every year for a retreat at Christmas, right after Christmas. And, and Father Leo and I, uh, we grew up cooking together in seminary, and we still cook together every year. Yeah. That's awesome. He has done, he has, he, he's done a fundraiser for mm-hmm. us here at, uh, at, at Catholic Community Radio, and uh, that it was delightful. I mean, he is a hoot when it comes to food. And what he does is what this food show uh, does as well. It ties in. It's more than just food. You right. know, it's an event. We're around the table, as we talk about with our family. It's Eucharistic. Right. You right. know, it's not just... Uh, uh, survival eating, right? I mean, that's why Jesus gave us Himself as a meal. Yeah, and we that's right. Around and uh, and meals are something. I think, you know, growing up eating around the table, we weren't allowed when we were little not to be around the table at night with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nowadays, you see people watching TV and their food, and there's no face to face. And and that's what Father Leo's uh, Grace Before Meals program is about. It's about getting families back around the table by making it something of a family affair, not just eating together, but also the preparation and the cooking and the choice of foods and, and eating healthily. And his, his, his motto is, you know, um, body, soul, and spirit, you know, yeah. is that you nourish your body, but at the same time eating with people. And that's a big part of eating. Eating is we don't just eat just for nourishment. As nope. humans, we eat for community. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really like as much to eat alone occasionally we'll have to but eating with other people is 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 a way that we share ourselves i learned more around our dining room table or our Mm -hmm. kitchen table from my mother and father just from our conversations and that's still with me today and 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 father leo is always challenging everybody turn Mm -hmm. the tv off right right? i mean i I guess except when he's on i guess yeah Yeah. there you go (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) I, i forgot about that so so uh um how did you get into? You're just a foodie like uh, us, or what? Yeah, you know, I when I was a, when I was young, I used to uh, watch my mom cook, and I'd, I'd started to learn how to do things. I think I started learning how to make an omelet, and then I moved mm-hmm. up to chili, and and then when I when I started dating when I was in college. Uh, to me, uh, you know, I, being able to cook was a way to really impress women and see where it got me, right? <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, it, it then it became something that I, 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 you know, developed over time. And then I, I spent time in, in, in Italy. I spent 10 years in Italy. And, and eating over there is, is almost sacramental. Really? You don't mm-hmm. sit down for less than two hours. I mean, it, it's considered a sacrilege to go to a restaurant, eat and leave. In fact, many restaurants, they won't bring you the bill until you've been there for at least an hour and a half, even oh, if you're wow. demanding it. Oh, I like because that. Because they want you to spend the time. They don't sell the tables every hour. You know, you, the table, if you sit down, a, a normal nice night out in Italy, um, with friends, you go to a restaurant seven thirty or eight, and you walk out at eleven thirty. You know, you, no and that's kidding. what you do, and you spend the whole time talking, um, you know, sharing things. As priests, when we were all, a lot of the times when I was working there, we were mostly priests or or with visitors, talking about the faith, talking about our lives, mm-hmm. and uh, just beautiful things. But also, the Italian meal is also spaced out like that. Right. You know, they don't bring everything as one plate. You know, you have some antipasti, and then mm-hmm. you'll. Have a little pasta, and then a little second, and then maybe a little dessert, and maybe a little coffee after that. And so it's made to 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 be enjoyed. It's made to to be spread out. It's not meant to just you know go through a drive-through window, grab a two thousand calorie Big Mac, and then and then, <laughs> and and eat, then it on the road, eat it on the road home and slop it all over your your lap. You yeah. know, it's a it's a real part of it's a real part of life, and um, it makes you slow down. Yeah, it does, and it brings important. families together. I think that's the that's the big thing, but. My whenever I had visitors there, the things, the two things that they remember, they'd go. We'd take them through the whole city. They'd go see the sights, and the two things they always would come back to later would be 
mass, which I would usually say to form at St. Peter's, mm-hmm. and the dinner that we had. Oh, yeah. And they would say, and those two, they're, they're kind of linked, right? That's they're right. both a, yeah. a sacred meal. And, uh, and, and whenever I see people years ago, they don't say, oh, I still remember my visit in the Sistine Chapel. I still remember, you know, seeing St. Peter's the first time. They say, I still remember saying, when you said mass for us at St. Peter's and that restaurant you took us really? to, what was that? <laughs> you know, and they, they remember that. You know? and, wow. Uh, and, uh, so well, is, is it true that the restaurants over there in Rome, because I've had some people tell me, uh, you don't order off the menu. You pretty much go sit and you, their menu is what they're serving that day, or is that, is that some, how it works? The, some of the small places are like that. You, 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 you can walk into these little small, maybe five or six table restaurants where right. that's what you eat. But, but most of the larger restaurants, you have kind of a standard Roman menu that has okay. standard pastas and standard meat courses. And, and so they'll all make it a little bit different, but you really can't find a bad meal in Rome. I mean, you, you, you can't go to a bad restaurant unless you see one that is obvious, so obviously touristy that they're uh, serving stuff through a slop line. But generally yeah. speaking, any little restaurant is going to be fabulous. People would ask me always for a list of restaurants. I said, well, you know, I know the ones in my area because that's where I went. Those mm-hmm. are the ones where I know people, and I can tell you those, but I can't tell you that across town you're not going to find the same thing, something great. So if you're staying on the whole west east side of Rome, do you really want to go all the way to the west side of Rome mm-hmm. to go to my restaurant just because those are mine? Because you kind of eat parochially. You eat in your neighborhood. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Is, and there's that many restaurants? Oh, yeah. There's oh, yeah. a ton of them? Yeah, okay. Not nearly as many restaurants as churches, but it's probably pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> and you just came back from Rome? I did. I because was you there. Went just uh, happened to be there while uh, a pope was being elected? No, or? no, no. I didn't happen to be there. I, uh, I would like to say that. I, no, I told my parishioners. I was there. I was working at the Holy See in 2005 when Pope Benedict was elected. And I remember being out there, and I never—nobody had witnessed, you know, a new papal election in so long since yeah. Pope John Paul. And so to be in the piazza when that happened— was was such an incredible experience. And I said to myself at that time, you know, I've got to do this again before I die. And, and all right, I'm 50 years old. All of a sudden, I look at some of these cardinals. They're in their, you know, early 50s. I'm like, it may be 25 years. I may not be around or really wanting to travel the, the next time. So I said, I better go now. So I told my parishioners, and they were, they were very grateful that I was going to be there. And uh, and so, you know, the matter was of when the conclave was going to happen because I, right. I couldn't go over there and just wait. So I kind of did the math on um, on what canon law said, and then I made a little adjustment, and it worked out perfectly. Because Apparently. I left right after Mass on Sunday um, before the election, got in a room the next morning, and then the next day was the Mass to open the conclave, and then the next day the Pope was elected. So yeah. it just oh, was absolutely awesome. perfect. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have time to go out and eat. I, oh, no, I didn't have time to go out and eat. Oh, yeah. In fact, I went to go see all my friends because you, you also you don't, you don't have this sense in, in, in Italy of, of someone who works their way through the restaurant business. You know, they start off with a, as a busboy, and right. then they move up to a waiter, then they want to be the maitre d', and then they want to be the owner. You, being a waiter is a real profession over there, and it's mostly a male profession. So I go back to the same restaurants I went to since 1995, and, and the guys are still there. There's no turnaround there. They know you. They know you. You know, you've been going there to the same place because you tend to go, like I said, in your neighborhood. And so the neighborhood restaurants where I lived, I know I know all the guys. And so they're also grateful to see me. And, you know, it's it's like a big reunion. You yeah. hug and kiss and cry and stuff like that. So it's uh, it was a real blast. Oh, that, that sounds fantastic. Now, uh you're right. If, if, if I was to go to Rome, would I expect to see, I mean, are, are we, you, you said you ate pasta all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, what would be the normal meal there? Because, I mean, here, of course, you're thinking lasagna, you're thinking spaghetti. Right, right. Or is it, or is it different? 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting because the Italian way of eating is very kind of different than ours. They have something light in the morning, usually okay. a little roll and some coffee, maybe a little juice. Lunch is the big meal. And it frequently, a big lunch would be all the courses. You'd have a little bitty antipasta, maybe a little sliced meat or a little vegetables. Mm. You'll have a little serving of pasta, and then you have a little serving of meat. And when I say little serving, maybe four to six ounces of meat. They don't eat. They don't meat. eat like mm. meat. Well, like we you do. can go up to Florence, you get a Fiorentina steak that's, you know, 30 <laughs> ounces. But generally speaking, that's kind of for special occasions. You eat a little bit of each one. And then in the evening, you, you just have maybe a little soup or maybe, you know, part of a pizza. So they eat their big meal in the day, and then they take a nap. They take a, uh, a yes, reposo, indeed. which they call the Italian word for siesta is reposo. And, and it kind of, it's, it splits the day into two. And so when you, but you can all, you know, and that the problem is Americans who go there and they're like, I ate so much, I gained so much weight in Rome is because they've done that for lunch and dinner. Okay. Uh -huh. They went out and got first, second, third, fourth courses, lunch and dinner. Well, that's twice as much as a normal Italian would eat. Uh, I and uh, so, and then you also, you know, you see people, they don't, maybe they don't eat both courses. Maybe they, for a smaller lunch, you just have a little pasta or just mm. a little meat and some vegetables. So they have a really good, you go around Italy you don't see fat people. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you just, it, it isn't part of the culture. They, you don't eat the same way um, in Italy. And it, so it isn't like they're all on diets or anything. It's, it's just that just... They've, their culture of eating is, is they've not been this fast food society where it's normal to go and eat 2,500 calories for lunch and a big soft drink and then, and then go back to work. They, right. they have a very moderated approach. And it comes because people have been living in Rome for 2,800 years, okay? So they've right. figured things yeah. out over that time, you know? <laughs> and and, it, and it, we just have a different culture in the United States. I'll and so it's nice to be introduced to that and to see that. And what that really did is that kind of reinforced how they did things, what I grew up with as a kid. And I can say I'd gotten away from it. You know, I'd gotten away from that way of living when I was working. And, and coming back to it by being in Italy was, was just wonderful. And then being able to, to introduce people to that who came over to visit, to see that. I remember the first time I had a group from out of town, and we went to lunch, and uh, they started talking about what they were going to do in the afternoon. And I said, well, you know, this is Italy. Sunday, you wake up, you go to Mass, mm. and you go have lunch. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Then you take a nap, and then you maybe have a little soup and go to sleep. And he goes, well, no, but we, we, we mean maybe like 3 o'clock. And this is like 1230. <laughs> I said, no, we're going to be here at 3 o'clock. And they're like, that's like two and a half hours. Like, no, we're going to be here two and a half hours. We're going to have a nice time around the table to talk. Well, much to their surprise, they looked up at their watch, and we'd been there for four hours. No, wow. and, and, they, and they didn't blink. They said that, you know, they didn't get tired of being around the table because you were sharing your fellowship with each other. They were asking questions about Rome. I was telling them where to go. But it was Sunday. It's a day of rest. It isn't a day to go and do a lot of things. And so that was the way you rest. And you didn't overeat. You know, you're, you're, you're eating is spaced out over four hours. You're eating small portions. Right. Healthy food. Most Italian pastas have maybe three ingredients, four ingredients yeah. at most in them. Mm -hmm. Instead of having like some of the Americans would go to the pizza places and order pizzas with like mushroom, pepperoni, onions, and they'd call it pizza americana, mm -hmm. American pizza, because that isn't how they do. Their pizza would have maybe three ingredients. Very simple, very simple. So you can taste each in ingredient. How yeah. do you taste? You know, you go to you go to a pizza place and you order twelve ingredients. How do you taste any one? You're just tasting a mix oh, of them all. Right. You know? right. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and have you been able to translate that here? I, I have, actually. You know, what, what I do with my friends, I don't really go out to movies or I don't go out to bars or anything. When, when, when I go out in the evenings, um, on the weekends especially, it's with my friends, and we sit around the table for a long time. We'll either go to a nice restaurant or I enjoy cooking. I mean, we got my, my rectory got messed up at Isaac, so I've really just gotten back into my kitchen last weekend for the first time. 
but that was what I that was the way that I showed fellowship is I invite parishioners and friends over. I love to cook. Yeah. Um, we barbecue. We have such. I like to fish. I like to hunt. So I usually have food to, to cook from hunting or fishing, and uh, and we'd sit around for a night of around the table, around with each other. You know, yeah. maybe have a little glass of wine with some, you know, hors d'oeuvres, and then go to the table and just sit there, you know, until it's time to go home. Well, before we uh, before we um, uh, you know close the show out today, you're going to have to. We always leave. As a gift for the listeners, a recipe or two. So you're going to have to, you know, off the well, top I'll, of your head. I'll give you one. I'll give you one that's like one of the simplest pastas on the planet. And okay. I made it for these guys. I was fishing um, on Tuesday, yesterday, and right. uh, and and we were. Um, I just made this simple, simple little pasta because I make a lot of times. I'll cook on my day off, and I'll leave it in the rectory for the other two priests who are there. Mm-hmm. And it's called aglio e olio. It, it means in Italian, garlic and oil. And, and all you do is you, you, you chop up, uh, you know, depending upon how much pasta, I don't know, six or eight toes of garlic. All right. And then you, you cook it very slowly in some olive oil with some ground-up red pepper, okay, mm. which gives a little bit of a bite. Okay. I used to use these things called pepperoncini in Italy. Yeah. And you put it in there with a little bit of bite. You want to salt the water a lot because you're not going to be adding any salt because the only sauce is olive oil, and salt doesn't dissolve in the olive oil. So you're salting the water for the pasta. Salt the water, a lot of water in the pasta. This is the key, the key to making pasta. I never learned it until I was in Italy. Always save some of the pasta water. Uh-huh. Save a good cup and a half of the pasta water because... If you if your pasta starts to get sticky, you mm. add olive oil, it just makes it heavy. Right. But if you add regular water, it just makes it watery. So you save the pasta water, which has a lot of the rich starch in it. Okay. Right. So you, you make you take your pan and you put olive oil in that garlic, cook it real slow, don't let it burn with a little red pepper in it. Okay. And then you you put, cook your pasta maybe a, two minutes less than you normally do. Mm-hmm. Take it with tongs, put it in that oil, toss it, and then put a whole bunch of chopped up um, flat Italian parts parsley in it okay okay and uh and and then just mix it up and turn it and and, and that's it and that's I, it? I made it Beautiful. yeah it's the easiest thing in the world i made it for these guys and they could not stop so, eating so you it. just like <laughs> serve that with a glass of wine and uh yeah well i had i cooked some steaks too so oh, yeah. well <laughs> you left that part out <laughs> and, a, and a nice kale salad so yeah, you made okay. a nice kale salad i cooked some uh, nice steaks in my buddy's green egg which i'd never cooked on before and uh oh did you uh, one of those okay. uh, big green eggs the big green eggs really really hot and yeah. uh some steaks and, and we we chopped up some different colored peppers and and broiled right. them on the barbecue and throw it all together. Well, I tell you wow. what, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Chef John Besh and we'll see what kind of recipes he's got. So, all right, we'll be right back. Louisiana Right to Life invites you to join us at Bowties for Babies, a Southern-style soiree benefiting life. Join us for food, drinks, dancing, and silent auction May 21st starting at 7 p.m. at the Old State Capitol. Tickets are $75 per person and $125 per couple. For more information and to purchase tickets, call 866-463-5433. That's 866-463-5433. Lord Teach Me to Pray Ignatian Prayer Groups are beginning again soon. A free training retreat for men and women will be held on June 1st at St. Pius X Catholic Church. For more information, go to lordteachmetopray.com. When I began this prayer journey five years ago, I had no idea how God would bless my marriage and my children through my prayer life. Keeping my daily prayer time with Jesus is the best way that I can love my family. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and register today. Line at greenseasons.us. 
Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson. And I'm Jeff Young. And we have in studio Monsignor Christopher Nalti. Uh, Monsignor, what's your parish? I'm at uh, St. Stephen's Church, and it's right. a, the parish is called Good Shepherd, and it comprises of uh, Our Lady of Good Counsel and St. Henry and St. Stephen's Church, and our, our Sunday Masses are St. Stephen's. Yep. And what we were talking about, which is right around the corner from you, is... Uh, is an incredible little restaurant that I ate at and that uh, you eat at quite often, huh? Oh, no. You got John Besh on the line and we're going to talk about another restaurant? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he understands. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very good friends with, a, with the owners of a restaurant uh, that's a block away from me called La Petite Grocery. And uh, I, Chef Justin DeVilliers uh, baptized his baby. And okay. uh, Chef Joel Dondas, is, who also runs a catering company, is... Uh, is I came into the church at St. Stephen's uh, at the Easter Vigil this year. So yeah, I've been very close with those guys and their families. Awesome. awesome. Well, now you've let the cat out the bag. We have <laughs> Chef Jeff Bash. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Chef Be- John Bash on the line. Hey, Chef, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful until I had to hear the, the whole monologue on, on my uh, com- competing restaurant. <laughs> I just have to give the Monsignor a little bit of grief. He only has three parishes. I don't know what he does with his time. Well, I go out to dinner is what I do in the <laughs> evening. No, we were, uh, Chef Besh and I were in New York uh, a couple of weeks ago for the James Beard Awards, and Chef Besh's restaurant in August was nominated nationally. It was one of the five restaurants in the mm, country wow. for a national award. But another thing that's a testament to the great cooking in New Orleans is that in the southern region, which is Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, and Puerto Rico, mm. of the five finalists, four were from New Orleans, and three mm. are, are in are right inside or outside of my parish. And so, uh, so it's a real testament to what's going on and the cooking community because all the chefs from here, they know each other, and it's a pretty tight-knit community. They come together when something happens to any one of them. So it's been a real privilege to know and, 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 and meet a lot of these guys and, and to eat their food, really. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's got to be, you know, that's a real perk in your uh, job, right? Well, um, uh, Chef Besh, you, you're, the theme of your new show and, and what you talk about is being around the table, which is uh, what, this, uh, what this show on Catholic Community Radio is all about. It, it's more of an event than it is just eating to survive, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, sustenance is just a small part of what the table brings us. It's really, um, I, I, love, I love the fact that every great event in our lives throughout human history has been celebrated at a table. Yeah. You know, and um, that table could be the altar. The table could be um, the, you know, the, a, a card table that you sit around and you have breakfast at. You know, whatever it happens to be, that, that so much, um, there's so much goodness that emanates from that table. Right. And it's a shame that we as Americans have kind of gotten away from it, and we as New Orleanians are, are starting to allow that erode from our own mm-hmm. families. And mm-hmm. so I thought, um, I saw this happen in my life. And, um, you know, just, you know, we get caught up in the day-to-day and we we forget just how important it is to make sure that we make time for that table. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my favorite cookbooks in the world happens to be uh, one of your cookbooks. Uh, It's called My My Family Table. (laughs) And I love the the subtitle there, A Passionate Plea for Home Cooking. Yes. And, you know, we we love to cook down here in South Louisiana. I think, you know, most of us do. We we grow up with that, you know. But like you said, we are, in a way, experiencing, even down in, in our area, kind of the uh, the effects of this society that we live in, right? Everything's just so fast-paced and all. Could you tell us, uh, Chef Best, just in a, a you know, few words, what do you mean by a passionate plea for home cooking? Well, I think that um, it's, it, it, 
right now the plea has to be passionate. We can't whisper this. You know, we're experiencing not only a cultural erosion, mm-hmm. but we're experiencing, you know, it, which it would be a travesty in and of itself down here in South Louisiana. But we're also experiencing um, a spiritual erosion that we see in, you know, throughout our entire society. Getting back to the table allows us to get back and address these things. It allows us to have conversation, turn off the cell phones and the TV, even if it means just a couple half hours a week. You know, just right. finding that time to do just what, what, you know, what had been just so natural uh, throughout um, mm-hmm. history, people coming together to break bread. Right. And uh, regardless of, of, of creed, um, it's so important for us to get back to some of these fundamentals that it, it can't be a whisper. It's got to be a loud plea. Wow. Wow. You know, we were just uh, we, we were talking uh, off mic a little bit earlier that uh, uh, Monsignor Nalti's good friend, uh, Father Leo Padalinghug, was saying that about uh, that's what he goes around the country <laughs> pushing. You know, Father Leo. And and in he's uh, he also what he did say about cooking in South Louisiana. He said, you people get it here. He mm-hmm. said, it's really worse around the country. We hate to see that erode here. But he said uh, cooking in South Louisiana is a contact sport. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, it, it is more than just giving each other food, too. It's, you know, we, we, the thing that we have that's most valuable in our, not valuable in our lives is our time. And uh, when we give each other time with each other, we're, we're sharing something that's that's we only can go through once. And uh, and to lose that in our families, to have kids, you know, who, who grab a hamburger and go up to their room and, and, and get on the Xbox or yeah. get on the get on the TV. They're, they're missing out some of life's lessons because life's lessons get passed down from our parents who went through this, you know, when they were little. And they have so much wisdom to give us. And Chef right. Bash was 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 um, nice enough to invite me and Father Leo over to his house. And one of the best um you know, privileges about it was his parents were there. And so we uh, shared yeah. time around a meal with, with, with Chef Besh's parents and with Father Leo. And, it, and just, that, just that time around the table, it's, you're giving the gift of yourself to others and you're receiving gifts from others of their presence. And, uh, and, and, and when you can do it around really good food, then yeah. that's yeah. an added bonus. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I can, I can brag. This is, this is a, an interesting story. I won one of your cookbooks. I won the My New Orleans cookbook. In a gumbo cook-off. Oh, yes, there you I go. did. That's pretty fitting. And and I have my favorite recipe in the whole cookbook is the easiest recipe in the whole cookbook because I am a fool for crab fat, and it is it is three ingredients. It's corn on the cob, it's crab fat, and it's butter. <laughs> and that's it. And it's like, so I, I, I keep going back. It's called looking. cheating. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that is a good recipe. But, you, you know, and again, these, these, these recipes and all these cookbooks, you know, they're, they're not extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and I think that's the key is uh, we don't want to scare people away from the kitchen. And a lot of times, you know, it's funny, just we've lost, uh, we are losing a lot of that um, you know, those great recipes that have been handed down from generation to generation. Never been the chefs through our society and, you know, through, through our culture in New Orleans mm-hmm. and the surrounding areas. It had never been the chefs that passed these traditions on. Mm-hmm. It had always been the mamas and the sisters and the aunts mm-hmm. and, you know, it, the men would gather around doing all the outdoor cooking, you know, the jambalayas and maybe uh, the cochon delays and, yep. and things of that nature. But by and large, it had been families sharing recipes through marriages and to other families and that 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 allowed all these great you know all the greatness of our culture to evolve 
is that's starting to you know that's starting to end where people aren't cooking as much as their mothers and their grandmothers right. had been, and the families have you know family itself has has been altered enough that it is making a difference where um you know and I think the best example of that is just look at the number of um you know chain restaurants that have kind of moved their way into uh, ordinarily you know sleepy um south louisiana towns and yeah. uh, they they're kind of taking a you know they they have a foothold there and they're that tells me that people are eating less at home and there's less of that sharing mm-hmm. of the culture and recipes than ever before yeah. you're you're right it it has changed a great deal when my wife and I go out to eat we are seeing uh we are seeing families out, but but the, the sad part is, is at the restaurants they're sitting around watching the TVs, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's no longer an event uh, to go out to eat either, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas it used to be special when we were kids, you know, mm-hmm. when you went out to eat. Now it just seems to be a a regular thing to do. And you're right, it's it's these chain restaurants that the parking lots are overflowing. We're funny because in in uptown you don't have any, you know, you have very few. You, yeah, you, you know, right. you 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 go down Magazine Street and you have all these little tiny restaurants serving just right. amazing food. And the, the only chain I can think of on uh, on on Magazine there's a Popeyes and then there's a there are a couple of PJ's Coffee House and I guess you could consider that a chain. But yeah, otherwise you have local, all right? these these yeah, little shops. Yeah, really is has been the last holdout. Yeah. Um, from that, mm-hmm. yeah, the the. Um, and that's what I'm. I take so much pride in the fact that New Orleans has been that place that has stood for its culture. Right. And um, part of that culture is also faith-driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's anyway, right. it's really it's it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to be a part of, and it's also a beautiful message to get out there and herald. Um, you know, come together and break bread. Yep. It's it's so simple. And you know, it's, you you mentioned something earlier as. as progressive as we become with you know technology and we can um you know we become so efficient with the multitasking that we're losing um you know there's we're still losing that very thing we've lost touch with that very thing that um uh, makes us special, you know. That, that's the family, right? And that's all those great traditions that are shared at that table, right? And it's happening in Italy too. You know, Italy. You know, about ten years ago, they started a thing called the slow food movement, which mm-hmm. is to because all of a sudden you start to see McDonald's and KFCs popping up over there, and uh, and they were afraid of that, you know, and 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 they really wanted to get people back because they were starting to lose. You know, I, I paint an idyllic picture of of Rome because that's what I did with my friends, but out in the suburbs in the countryside, you still have a lot of people going through these to these fast food, and Italy had never had that. And I think I think Chef Besh is exactly right: is that it, they see the erosion of the family happening mm. in that because the values that the parents passed down, so many of them were passed down around the table. Yes, as, as, you that's know, right. what was your day like, son? What did you do today? And I didn't write, you know, and you get a little correction, but it was a it was a time where wisdom was passed down, and and if the wisdom of that a young person gets is from MTV and from the you know advertising, they're they're not getting the wisdom from their family, and they're not getting the best wisdom because the world's wisdom is not where you get is what you get in a family, a very faith-filled family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know that's one of the things too. I think that that uh, time is an issue. I mean, in a sense, the fast food, it, the, the the establishments are just filling a void, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're so stretched, we have so little time with our families, and it's hard. Some people I know, I know a lot of folks just grow up now, they don't know how to cook. Right. And and recipes can be scary, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't know what to do in the kitchen. Right. And that's, you know, Chef, that's one of the things I love about uh, my family table is that, I mean, the first chapter, you've got risotto of almost anything, 
right? <laughs> curried, curried anything. Really? Uh, okay. Creamy any vegetable soup. Simple meat ragu for any pasta. It's oh wow. It, it, it's almost like standard recipes that you, you can go. just take and, and ad lib with and 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 create all kind of good stuff. Right, and, and the key there is that <clears throat> is just really trying to remove the mystique from cooking. And you know, for so long, fine cooking, you know, cuisine had been cloaked in this, uh, you know, in this thick layer of mystique, and you had to be in the in crowd to understand what this and that was. And there was a lot of snobbery that was associated with it. And I think here's my point: if you can think in advance and make sure that your pantry has, if you've got a little rice, I'll show you what to do with it. Yeah. Keep a keep a couple pounds of pasta on hand. It costs nothing. It's easy. For that matter, if you can't make your homemade tomato sauce, which a lot of people don't have time for, good. Go out and buy some. Pick out a, your favorite brand. Have a couple of them in your pantry. Now. Whatever vegetable or seafood or meat or whatever happens to be in season, you go down to your little market and you purchase whatever happens to be seasonal. Or like most people, you go grocery shopping and you're picking out uh, you know, chicken or shrimp or, you know, or beef or fish or whatever it happens to be. Um, you, you bring it home and you have some go-to recipes that are quick and easy I like that. that are you – know, are just phenomenal. Yeah. And if that can be your kind of entrance into cooking, your foray into um, food preparation, then great. You've got a you've got a good basic um, foundation there that you can grow from. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we, we were talking earlier about just time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know a family that does have time. Whether the both spouses are cooking, or whether you know, or whether there's just one parent. Um, nobody has time because we're just stretched to the limit. So, mm-hmm. my thing that I noticed <clears throat> was that I had time in the morning because I'm a night owl and I work in the restaurants at night, and so it's easier for me to find that family table, uh, find time at the family table at uh, six six thirty in the morning cooking breakfast and sitting down with the boys yeah, and having that, that, that conversation and then maybe having a little something prepped up that Jennifer can, you know, can have a home-cooked meal, even if it's on the run, even if it's okay. as simple as a chicken lettuce wrap or whatever it happens to be before a ball game, which this evening we have three ball games. So yeah. I wanted to come home early from work today to, to be here when the boys got home. Um, finding time wherever you can to take the time to give of ourselves at that table is crucial. I, I tell you what, speaking of time, we just ran out. Can you hang on just a little bit? Catholic Community Radio. Well, I, I think it's filling a need. I think people are hungry for the truth, and I think uh, the, the more professional we can sound and compete with with the others, and you know, in the marketplace, the more people are going to draw in. Catholic Radio for your community. And that's why the Holy Father, he just mentioned the importance of of Catholics knowing how to work in the media and knowing how to use the media wisely and to use it well. This is your station. The church has for for decades, especially since Inamorifica of Vatican II, has been on the the front lines engaging the culture and understanding that the media are so important. And so I can't, I, I am amazed at the response we get. Just because it's just so humbling to be on, on the receiving end of, of the comments and how people have grown and what they've learned. And it's, it's, it's a phenomenal part of the new evangelization. Catholic Community Radio relies on listeners just like you. This is your station. Donate online at catholiccommunityradio.org. 
Catholic Community Radio can't happen without your spiritual support, but we're also praying for you. Call our prayer force today, and we'll add your prayers to our growing teams of rosary groups, Eucharistic adorers, and small faith communities. 225-341-2720. Are you one of the millions of Americans who can't get their day started without a cup of liquid defibrillation? If so, you're not alone. Morning coffee deficiency affects more and more of us each year. Catholic Community Radio may be able to help you get the caffeine you need to live a normal, productive life. Join the Coffee Club, a growing number of folks just like yourself who use their stainless steel dosage tumbler to get just the right amount of coffee to face the day. Don't let morning coffee deficiency keep you in the breakfast nook. Visit CatholicCommunityRadio.com today. Yo, for your community. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson. And I'm Jeff Young. And we have Monsignor Nalti in studio with us. And we are honored to be having Chef John Besh on the phone with us. So we were talking, uh, well, we're talking about uh, preparing foods for the family. We're talking about getting families around the table. And uh, you know what, Chef Besh, I'm going to put you on the spot uh, a little bit here. And uh, uh-huh. to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, can you share off the top of your head a recipe? Yeah, how, okay. how easy or how difficult do you want it? Well, you know what? Uh, it's the time of day where folks are in their cars. They can't pull over with their pencils and pens. So maybe it's something that they can just, you know, kind of stick in their heads. And uh, Jeff will probably post it on his uh, on his blog later. I'm looking and, at Jeff, and, and he's and, giving uh, me a dirty look. And Jeff Besh, don't pick uh, spaghetti with uh, oil and garlic because I just gave it he that. He just did that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just um, I, I get these... Boxes of produce coming in from um, various farmers markets, and you know, we support these different various CSAs out there. Right. And so uh, Holly Grove just sent a bunch of vegetables, and so I've got some spring onions and uh, a few of the very first of the season tomatoes and um, some cucumber. Mm-hmm. And so I thought what I would do is make an, what we call our Israeli salad. It's If um, you're familiar with Middle Eastern cuisine, yeah. a lot of places call it fatouche. Okay. And it's one of my favorite things to eat in any number of ways. But what we do is we'll peel the cucumber and dice it. All right. And then we'll um, chop up a uh, bell pepper, mm-hmm. as small as you can. Mm-hmm. A spring onion, if you don't have one of those, you know, they're really, really sweet. Just use, you know, half of a red onion, okay. dice that up, and toss it all together with just a little bit of parsley, a clove of garlic, some olive oil, and just a few um, dashes of vinegar. Right. And salt and pepper, and you've got one of the most versatile salads around. That's it. That's not a lot of ingredients. You know, what is a spring onion? Um, yeah, the, the spring onions have the, the, the green still attached to them, and there's a little bulb. And I oh, okay. find that they're really, really sweet. And as the season goes on, they become a lot more intense in flavor. And so mm. I, love, I love to capture them where those greens are still soft, and you can chop those greens up like a green onion. Okay, like so we're talking, a, we're talking a regular onion just early in the season? Yeah, very oh. early, yeah. All right, okay. It sounds you know, a we lot- chefs like to take small 
vegetables and charge you double for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make the portion smaller. That's right. But that's good. Now, yeah, see, we that's, 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 kind of need that. Yeah. Well, that's something that I've seen happening in New Orleans recently is smaller portions. And, you know, it used to be you didn't think you were, uh, you were eating anything unless you went and got 2,500 calories in a cream sauce. And nowadays you have these restaurants, they're, they're finally giving you a normal, manageable portion, and you don't walk out of the restaurant thinking, I don't want to go back there because I ate too much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But our normal, regular, you know, our, our smaller portions that we're serving now, uh, you know, I, I hear from the New Yorkers and the people visiting from Chicago and the West Coast all the time that they're like, wow, New Orleans is still a place I can come to and actually, <laughs> you know, get the, uh, actually receive food on my plate. And so right. it's really kind of funny to. <laughs> I personally like a, the smaller portion. Oh, yeah. As I was saying off the air just before this whole program started, I'm, I'm noticing now, you know, well into my 40s that I'm starting to <laughs> hold on to weight that I never held on to before. So my wife and I are trying to eat a little healthier than in my first book, yeah. in, uh, <laughs> My New Orleans, which is really yes. all about, you know, these you know, these big, rich, heavy dishes yeah. that we all grew up with. Like crab fat and corn on the cob. Yeah, That's like right. That's one of my favorites, which I had to stop eating, as a matter of fact. So. <laughs> Every now and then, right? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I, yeah listen, that, I, I am a fool for boiled crabs, and you just, uh, you just uh, put that on steroids for me. I, but, I you know, know, the funny thing is, is that um, I would venture to say that if you took the time to cook something, mm -hmm. um and eat it at that family table, at the table with friends and family gathered around, um, chances are it's really not going to be as bad for you as you might think mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. yeah. the amount of, you know, highly processed foods that we're taking in today that, you know, past generations just didn't have access to. That's true. Right. You don't have all those chemicals in there or anything like that. Right. Like right. And you have the just... salt and the sugar that's just loaded in these things. Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, so I think that, I love those down home, you know, country dishes, you know, the, the etouffees and the gumbos and yes. the jambalayas. Mm. I mean, there's something just so beautiful and so warming about them. I can't just throw them into one category as being, you know, bad for you, per se. Right, right. Well, you know, you know uh, your, first, your first cookbook, uh, My New Orleans, it had all these classic dishes, right, these, these things mm -hmm. that we're known for down here in South Louisiana. And then with the next book, you had uh, you know, My Family Table, mm -hmm. and, and it's like you took a different tack there, you know, and you're making it yeah, more a little at less home. regional specific for the people that don't have access to all the great ingredients that, we, mm -hmm. that you and I take for granted, the uh, andouille sausage. Right. If you're in Des Moines, Iowa, you're not gonna get that. I don't know how good that andouille sausage is going to be. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm going to give you recipes that you can actually use. And what I love about the way we cook is that it only exists here. Mm. And, we, it, and it can only exist here because uh, nowhere do you have these same ingredients all coming together. And you can go you know, just a little ways away to the Florida Gulf Coast or, for that matter, Mississippi and Alabama. It's hard to find food that we have here in South Louisiana, mm. and they have access to all of that. Right, right. And so to create another book which people couldn't replicate unless you were from here just seems senseless to me. And what I, and if my mission was to get families just to come together mm. that ordinarily didn't cook together, right. then I wanted to give them great starter recipes or even simple things like, look, who doesn't like fried chicken? Right, right. Now, we can't eat it all the time, <laughs> but if you're going to eat it, 
cook it yourself, and I'll show you how to do it. All right. Um, or simple things like that. Um, barbecue, highly disputed. What is barbecue? You know, really kind of giving people a breakdown of, hey, this is how I do it. And, you know, don't get caught up in, is it, um, you know, traditional to uh, the Carolinas or is this, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. kind of barbecue or that Memphis kind of barbecue? Or Texas. Have fun. Yeah. And it's really all about enjoying food with people right, and right. especially family. Yes, indeed. And, yes, indeed. and you have a, a new book that's coming out soon, right? Yeah, and it's called uh, Cooking from the Heart. Okay. And Cooking from the Heart uh, stems from all the delicious recipes and anecdotes and life lessons that I learned as a young apprentice when Jennifer and I lived in Germany and France, and um, how that shaped the way I think about food. And it really taught me so much about respect for the ingredient to, you know, I, I joke that you know, I had to go to Germany to really, res- you know, southern Germany, high in the Black Forest Mountains, not far from Basel, Switzerland. We would, um, I worked for this Michelin-starred restaurant. It was this incredible chef that really shaped the way I think about food. And I really learned how to respect food there. Mm. But it wasn't until I went to Provence that I fell in love with food. <laughs> you know, that, that French country style and the, um, just the gregarious nature of their food yeah. is um, so heartfelt. And it, it, just so much of that is how I cook today. And um, the same would be said for the Italian style. And right. Jennifer and I used to live not, not far outside of Basel, Switzerland. And on Sundays every now and then, on, I think it's like Sundays on payday weekends. You get paid once a month over there. So payday weekends, we would travel to northern Italy, to Lombardia, to um, Bergamo, up in the mountains, um, north of um, Milano. And we would we would always say on Sundays we're Italian, so that's why we named the restaurant our Italian restaurant in New Orleans Dominica. Okay. Um, after our our Sundays feast, because on Sundays we could actually afford to have one of these big Italian family feasts, whereas. In Switzerland and Germany, we were still poor. <laughs> this was before the euro, so we got to, you know, you would exchange your, your Deutschmarks uh, or your Swiss francs for, um, you know, for the lira, and it was like, wow, I'm rich. I can, I can I got 80,000 lira. <laughs> oh, that is great. Well, tell us so about The you. book is really all about those great memories, and it's really uh, Written in homage to my uh, great uh, mentors that shaped shaped my life forever. Now that book is it's not out yet, or is it? No, it'll be out uh, November first. Okay, all right, right in time for Christmas then. Yeah. Okay. A very important date in, <laughs> on a, in our Catholic calendar. All Saints' way. Day. It is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is invoking the intercession of all the saints in the sales of that book. There you go. That's, That's right. right. That's right. My senior. That's right. And we I, need all the help we can get. And I hope you have that in your forward that it's uh, All Saints' Day. <laughs> we can bet I'm going to adjust it. Right. You can even put a little fleur de lis down there just to yeah, bring it home. Right. You know? All the better. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, tell us about your restaurants. I'm from Baton Rouge. I want to know how to get to them and, uh, you know, oh, all the hey, things that you have. All you have to do is travel down I-10 and, mm-hmm. and uh, find any of the downtown um, off-ramps and you'll, right. you'll get there. We're, okay. um, <laughs> we've got a slew of them. Yeah. In downtown New Orleans, we have, we're, my flagship is August, which is 301 Chapatulis, right. right across from the Windsor Court Hotel. Mm-hmm. And then in Harris Casino, we have 
Besteak, which is about a block and a half away. I've heard about that one. And then on uh, St. Charles, we have our uh, big, fun um, French-Germanic uh, brasserie called Luke. And Luke is on uh, 333 St. Charles next to One Shell Square. Oh, okay. okay. And then in the um, Roosevelt Hotel, formerly the Fairmont, um, we have the uh, our Dominica, our Italian Osteria over there that serves, you know, the very traditional, um, you, know, you could say, an authentic Neapolitan-style pizza. All right. And... Um, then in the National World War II Museum, we have the American Sector okay. restaurant, along with the Stage Door Canteen and a little artisan soda shop just down the street. Oh, gosh. That's mm. okay. And then the ground floor of the Hyatt, we have Bourne, which is the newest of all of our restaurants. And that's, um, that's a seafood restaurant uh, uh, named after Lake Bourne that uh, oh, all right. both yeah. the Monsignor and I both mm. grew up fishing on. Hey. Right. Yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was offshore yesterday. Oh. I got zeroed for the second time in my entire life offshore. Well, see, you should have invited me. I know. That's my birthday know. yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. You think I'm, I would have taken you away from your wife on your birthday? You're crazy. <laughs> she, would have, she would have paid you for that. <laughs> wow. Uh, other than that, uh, you don't have much to do with all those restaurants, it sounds like. Holy. We've been blessed. Yes, you have. That is fantastic. Well, it has been an honor for you to join us. And, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, again, it's, it's wonderful to talk to somebody who, uh, understands uh, and and promotes also uh, the need to get a round table right. and uh, right. and to share our food, right? Our food and so. faith. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. I'll take care. Share right. God bless. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. That is <laughs> That's great. Awesome. So I'm 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 thinking these uh these these cookbooks here I'm looking at well of course I know one of them very well but I don't have the uh the the family, my family table. My family table is the name of that uh, yeah. cookbook right there and that's just uh, really inspiring. So I'm going to have to check that one out and get some of those recipes. And and and, and what he's saying is it's not necessarily regional. You can cook this anywhere? Yeah, no, that's what he picks in the in that recipe. The the first one is all Louisiana cooking all right. and it's what he grew up and uh and then he decided, you know, I got I, I'm, I'm doing this, and I want other people to understand what we have down here. I need yeah. to translate it into their language. So I can't have uh, you know, a recipe with andouille with somebody who doesn't even know what andouille is. Oh, I need to go where they are. And, and, and there are certain regional cuisines that he has in here that are, uh, that are something that you could get anywhere. You right, know? right. I mean, most of the pasta family, right? Yeah, so yeah. if you've got something on pasta. And then, and then what he has is just a whole variety of uh, you know, fried chicken, which is a real classic you mm -hmm. know, American food. And then... And then breakfast things, and and then you know vegetables. There you, you go. Know, what can I do with them? And then how to make a cake. Well, I know so. I know a lot of this. You know, we got a lot of listeners online, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and that, that apparently are, are living out of state, and uh, you know, and that are foodies, and so mm -hmm. now they have something that they can say. Well, okay, I can take some of these recipes and and, and do them up here, you know, mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff, yes, CatholicFoodie.com. <laughs> CatholicFoodie.com. That's right. right. Monsignor Nolte. 
You going to join us again? Be happy to. Okay. Because we hadn't even touched on all the stuff you've been doing. We didn't touch on uh, your adventure on TV with uh, Father Leo Padalengo. We had, yeah, Father Leo. We, Father Leo and I just loved, we, we have such a great friendship and we love to cook. And it was kind of go. funny that our friendship and our cooking came together on TV <laughs> one time. So, you know. Before we go, can you give us a blessing? I sure would. Right. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain forever. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week. Amen. Take care, everyone. God bless. Bye-bye.